0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to be here this week. My name is Gustavo Moradel. I'm Jake Landry. And this has been a really exciting week. I cannot wait to talk about everything that has happened. Jake, how are you feeling, my brother? I know Tottenham just lost to Liverpool. I'm currently wearing a Liverpool jersey here. And uh, how are you feeling? You're also wearing a Tottenham (laughs) jersey.
1: Well, well for the listeners, I'm also yeah, I was going to say I'm also wearing my jersey. Um well, I can I before we talk about Liverpool Tottenham, I just want to say I don't think there is a league right now that is as exciting and close as the Premier League. And we're going to talk about um Southampton fired Rob uh, Ralph Hasenhowl today. Uh you know, they're trying to get out of the bottom 3 which they have now fallen into and it just feels like there's a lot of teams down at the bottom with a lot of pressure. So I just think we're blessed to have the Premier League. And if you're not a Premier League fan, but somehow you found us, now is the time to pick a team. And honestly, you can root for anyone this season because it, it, it's been pretty interesting. But yeah, no, I. if you want my reaction on Liverpool and Tottenham, it's this. From a Tottenham perspective, this was a scheduled loss. From before the season even started, even when things were going well, this was always a scheduled loss because A... Tottenham historically does not perform well against Liverpool. They make poopy pants decisions like that Eric Dyer crappy header that gave the Salah uh, Mo Salah the second goal right in. You know that's one reason why it was a scheduled loss, and the other reason why is because they're you know this is a top team and City they they've done things a little bit historically to challenge them and sometimes still win, but against Liverpool, Tottenham like sorry you're not there yet. You're not there, so that's my reaction. Sad, but not a not shocked. Not shocked.
0: I have to say this. Well, this has been such an incredible weekend. A lot has happened. I've watched all the games today, so I'm kind of. I think I'm summed out of watching soccer for today because I've seen like four games already. I know Real Madrid plays sometime at two or something. That's but, Monday. Uh, Oh, that's Monday. Great. So there's no more no more games. And I have to mention really quickly, Jake, for the MLS fans, I'm a big MLS fan, probably bigger fan uh, than Jake. And I have to say, what a phenomenal final. LAFC beat Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union uh, in an incredibly incredibly fashion. Um, this has been my favorite game in the MLS, probably the entire history of the game for the MLS. And so it was really fun. We don't have to get into it because honestly, I love the MLS, but not enough to care, like to talk about it as much as we do for the Premier League. And I have to say too, I went to the Nashville Liverpool uh, supporter Supporters Club here in town and a restaurant like four minutes away from, from me. And it was really cool to be around people. You know, it was like 60-something people. I heard some accents. I heard some Liverpool accents, which was really fun. Uh, a lot of British people and also lots of Americans who are passionate about football and um, in Liverpool, actually. So it was really cool to see that, Jake, and to see um, Tottenham lose. You know, I, I don't hate <laughs> yeah, Tottenham. I don't, I don't, hate, Tottenham. I don't had, hate Tottenham at all. Uh, it's always fun to see Antonio Conte get so fiery in the sidelines, and uh I was more happy actually than that United lost to Aston Villa and so let me gather my thoughts. I know I'm everywhere right now, but no, things but that have happened let's tra-
1: if we can let's transition to that Manchester United and Aston Villa game because before that game started, it was announced that Cristiano Ronaldo would be starting and would be wearing the captain's armband, and I Got on Snapchat, because for me, that's the easiest way to make a quick video and then, you know, just download to my phone, not send it to you on Snapchat. But anyway, I made a video about a minute long telling you that that was just bananas and I didn't understand that at all. And I don't think I full on predicted that it was going to be as ugly as it was, but I just thought it was a ridiculous decision and it ended up being the absolute worst case scenario. They lost ugly today. And I have to say that, you know, they played Sociodad midweek. I thought that was a lock. Put, you know, 10 bucks down on it, won that bet easily because it was a lock. They've become that team who is actually good value right now because they're a little underrated because of how their season started. Even today they came in at plus money. And I'm just giving like kind of a better perspective. Like for 10 hog. To, to take this team that is kind of sneaky good right now. Like, they were sneaky good without Ronaldo. They had gotten their mojo back, and they had kind of moved on, and, you know, he walks off the field, and he just he just really hasn't conducted himself in the way that you would want a veteran, you know, someone who is on the team, You you bring him back, like, all that you would expect from that person. You know, take away it's Cristiano Ronaldo, but that role, you would expect, like, someone who can be the glue. He came in today and he was the anti-glue. And, and so I, I just was shocked by that. Good for Unai Emery, but for me, this was more about Manchester United being, you know, masters of their own destruction.
0: Yes, I agree with you, Jake, 100%. Cristiano Ronaldo has been historically a great leader on the field, but this time he's just not at his best right now. His image, the way that he portrays himself, even the way that he kind of apologized for walking away on the 80-something minute. Uh, if you saw the post, like it doesn't seem like an apology at all. In fact, he never said, I am sorry to the fans or I'm sorry to the coach. And so I, I don't know. I don't think he should be the captain right now. He's Again, historically speaking, yes, but at this moment... And this Manchester United team, not at all. And so I agree 100%. And they lost to Austin Villa, which Austin Villa was uh, rocky, having a rocky time. And so but Unai Emery came in and gave them some attitude because it seemed like they really brought the attitude to the game. And I texted you, Jake, uh, on the second half saying Aston Villa has to have intensity if they want to win this game. And they did. Um, and, you know, funny enough, uh, Unai Emery was the coach of Villarreal, the team that beat Manchester United, I believe, in the final of the UEFA, uh, champ- in the UEFA League uh, a few years ago. And so just a little bit more stain in that wound. Um, but, yeah, it it was really nice to see. Unai Emery get back to the Premier League and win and to see Aston Villa actually win too so a lot a lot a lot of fun things going on you also mentioned uh, Arsenal once again beating a top five team and actually becoming again the, the first ones on the on the table what are you what are your thoughts about that Jake?
1: Uh, you know, again, coming into, as, as everyone knows, you know, I, I look at the odds and, you know, put a couple dollars down here and there. And I thought this was a lock of the week. I thought Arsenal, to beat Chelsea, it was, again, like plus money. I think it was because it was at Chelsea that they kind of had it like a 50-50 prospect. But if you can get odds right now, it's like City. You can't bet on City nowadays because every game it's like bet a dollar to get 17 cents back. But, you know, again, I thought Arsenal today was... You know, in terms of the soccer, they dominated. It's the Premier League. Their one goal was kind of a, you know, it was an English soccer, rainy, fall Premier League day goal. I mean, the games are going to happen like that. So, you know, before you're like, ah, you know, they didn't dominate or this. They did what they came out to do. They were imposing on the game. And Chelsea, I think, I think Obama Yang had four touches when they went in at halftime. And let me just say also, the Obama Yang, like, you know, no offense, you know, I'm wearing blue or whatever. Dude, do you realize that you got kicked out of Arsenal? Like not, you didn't leave Arsenal. Like you're not at Chelsea... Because you got this opportunity to move on. Arsenal literally ejected you out into space. Barcelona, who was so desperate and had screwed up their money so bad that they had given away Lionel Messi, were grasping at straws and they grabbed you because you were all they could get from Arsenal being ejected into space. And now you found your way on Chelsea, who also, when you look at Lukaku and Chelsea, it's just problem up top with Timo Werner and their run of... Strikers, they haven't had exactly a, a hall of fame class of excellence run, so like, shut up, dude. Like, when I saw it, I was just like, dude, stop it! Like, <laughs> and then and, and then he sucked, so I just, yeah, I thought that was kind of. I'm sorry,
0: no, that, that I, was hilarious because I, I feel like he thinks he's Titi Henry, you know, like some Arsenal legend that it's he's ridiculous, not. Oh and he acted gosh. like a child when before leaving Arsenal, so. I think Karma got him really He got
1: and I just want to say he got like you know ejected from showing up late and not being where he was supposed to be and not fulfilling his Yeah, Yeah. so I just If I
0: was him I would just not say anything because he didn't live in a good fashion and also he didn't play a good game today. I do have to say, what's going on with Gabriel Jesus? I know I sound like a hater every time we talk about Gabriel Jesus, but he hasn't scored in eight games and he missed like a few chances that were literally so clear and so easy to do well, you know, for us <laughs> viewers. But what, I don't know. I just, I don't think he's ready for the world cup. I don't think he's a number nine. The well, He's not playing.
1: Right it, he's not playing in the world cup. What he you, wasn't chosen. He wasn't chosen serious? by Brazil. We, had, so we were going to talk about this, uh, during one of the international breaks. And then we ended up, you know, just not being able to do a pod. I think when you came to New Hampshire and we visited together, um, but we had talked about this yeah Martinelli and Jesus weren't weren't selected for the Brazil squad
0: and so have they um, announced the official list
1: yet I mean maybe it's changed since when they did announce the list i believe this was in october we'll we'll circle back on this when i think next week is the last week of the premier league and then uh, you know, as we get into the World Cup and we preview it a little bit, this will definitely be a, something that we'll we'll talk about more. But here's what I'll say about his involvement in Arsenal is I believe that Arsenal and I and I believe this is a massive compliment is as strong as they are because they are the sum of their parts. They're not you know, they're the whole. And so, you know, my feeling is Jesus brings something to that team that they're winning So I, you know, I really, I can't fault them. Like if he wasn't scoring goals and they were losing sort of like the type of thing that happens at Tottenham where like if Harry Kane doesn't score and no one else can pick up the slack, then we look to Harry Kane like, come on. But when you look at Arsenal, it's like they can score goals in different ways. So, you know, like it, it. I just you know I could we could say that about Saka, but he's not a striker, so we wouldn't say that. But he's that good. So you know, for me, I I just think they are some of their parts. And um, I mean, how can they're they're the best team? I my question right now, the fun I want to have maybe during our little you know international break is I want to do some like would you rather's or who would win this year because this Arsenal team is really not going to be able to. Um, that, you know, maybe next year they come out, they're even better, you know, they're going to win the league or get in top four and, you know, maybe make a run at the Champions League. But this year, they're not going to get that opportunity because, you know, they didn't qualify last year. And it's a shame because they are legit. Like, I think I, I really would love to do the thought experiment of like, would they be PSG right now? Like, I would love to see this Arsenal game you know or this Arsenal team competing in the Champions League. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's a shame, you know, we'll have to wait till next year. But anyway, so I I think they're legit. I'm not worried about Jesus. I'm not worried about any of them. They're they're the real deal. Yes,
0: I hate it, I but st- they are. I still <laughs> think that Manchester City will win it. I've been saying it for weeks now, Jake, and uh but I would love to see them challenge Manchester City and to see them win a trophy. I mean, they have a really strong chance in the Europa League, I think. Besides having really strong teams right now in the competition like Juventus, Barcelona. I know Barcelona is not a strong team necessarily, but historically speaking. And then they have Manchester United in the competition. There's a lot of good teams in the Europa League right now. And I got to be honest with you, I will start watching it more than I would um, due to, well, not only Barcelona being in in the competition, but also... Arsenal looking so good. I I hope they win a trophy this season. Either way, because they have a really strong young team, and to see players uh, lift a trophy will be really cool. Uh, I'm not an Arsenal fan, FYI, but maybe maybe that would happen. I don't know. It's a good
1: story. I mean, it's the wrong team, but it's it's a good <laughs> story. So I still um, want to see Tottenham but,
0: also lift the trophy sometime. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, we we'll, you know. So we were actually texting about that because I want to talk about Barcelona because we we were both tuned in yesterday when they beat Elmira. I think, what was the final score? Two nil? Three nil? I don't know. I, tu- I tuned it out was after two, two nil. It was two zero.
0: Yeah. Okay. It so was... they
1: only scored the two. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, for me, cause I, I texted you Kane or Lewandowski and you said Lewandowski and obviously I, I think, you know, I think at least 60% of people, if not more, w- would say the same, you know, in those, those little polls. But I have to say with Kane, he's just seems for me right now to be much more of a dynamic player. Whereas when I was watching Barcelona and this could be the coaching and kind of like whatever, but Lewandowski's a tall guy, you know, but he's, he's really just in the middle kind of looking for the ball. You know, he comes over, he, he makes little passes and stuff. But for me, I, I just think Kane has a certain hunger to him and, and I don't know. I mean, clearly, I'm a, like I, I said last week, the only reason I'm rooting for England in the World Cup is because of Kane. But long story short, Kane feels like big time to me. And what I'm realizing is Barcelona feels like small time. It's a little bit smaller. And it feels like... And even Real Madrid, who won the Champions League last year, feels smaller, if this makes sense. It's like the best word I can describe. Like When I think of City... Liverpool, like if they just have more of a presence, a dominance in my mind, like a supremacy. Where again, even though I think Real Madrid was incredible last year, I was a big fan of their run. It was because they felt like this smaller entity doing bigger things. So, yeah, I don't know. I I feel there's definitely been a shift, and I wonder, I wonder what Barcelona is going to do to get their reputation back because I think. Obviously, the way that Messi's departure was handled and even now, like, even if they were somehow able, I mean, now they're out of the Champions League, but man, I just, even if they were in this round of 16, I'd be like, yeah, oh, how did they get there? You know, they just feel small.
0: Yeah, I get it. And the reason why I say Lewandowski over Kane, I think has to do with him, Lewandowski being the on top three top scorers in the Champions League ever. I mean, his numbers are so incredibly high uh, above Benzema. But I don't know. I I agree with you. I just think Lewandowski has done a lot more in Bayern Munich um, than Kane has done in Tottenham, mainly due to the trophies that they did won um, compared to Tottenham. But I respect your point of view. Uh, I like Lewandowski (laughs) because he's consistent. He is always scoring at least 20 goals per season. Um, I I haven't followed Kane's numbers as closely to, to say it, but uh, I do want to say about Barcelona, well, first of all, yesterday was the farewell to Gerard Pique, a uh, Catalonian legend and Real Madrid's most hated Barcelona player for a long time, I think. <laughs> and so we say goodbye to a player that uh, has been in decline for the last four or five years. Unfortunately, I had to say it that way because he was part of the teams that... Uh, Have been losing uh, during the Champions League embarrassments that we've had, you know, with Roma, with Liverpool, with PSG, with Juventus. He's been that player that's always been a starter, and basically we've been embarrassed uh, with everything that has happened over the last six, seven years uh, in the club. So, but regardless, he's still a legend, and I hope that whatever is next for him goes well. There's a lot of turbulence going on in his life right now, but. I think that whatever happens uh, when it comes to Pique, I think it's going to be some way or another, he's going to end up back in the club, you know, some kind of position, some kind of coaching, training kind of position, I think. But Barcelona... I wouldn't be
1: surprised. I mean, they're, they're pretty desperate for coaching Barcelona, it feels like.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe Barcelona B or, uh, you know, one of the smaller, younger teams. But I think that, to answer your question, Pique was the last player that won the sex sextete. I don't know how to say that in English. Uh the six top six, you know, the six trophies back with with Guardiola. And so it's sad to see the last player of that historical team that won the six titles in a year. That no other team has done it, I, I don't think. Uh and so yeah, we're moving on to a different era. We're moving on to a different season uh in the life of the club. This club has been Uh, through a lot um, and we've seen this before and so i think that maybe we'll get back to the top in the years to come but right now it's just going to be a dark season for barcelona and if you are a barcelona fan just be ready to lose a lot and be ready to be disappointed (laughs) xavi is not god like we thought he was (laughs) and um You know, no matter who we bring, I really, what I want, Jake, is for Pep Guardiola to return to Barcelona. Or if, you know, a Georgian club ever leaves Liverpool, we'd love to see him. I would even love to see um, Chelsea's former coach. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Thomas Tuchel. Even Thomas Tuchel, yeah. Even if he was available, I would love to see a coach like that, just a world-class coach, one of those three. But my dream is to see Pep Guardiola return to his home home, uh, return to Catalonia, but at the, at the moment, I think we're going to see a lot of disappointment. We're not going to win the Europa League like many fans think so, and we're not going to even get out of the next stage, I think. And so whatever happens, um, I, I think that it's just going to be a dark time for Barcelona.
1: I mean, I I don't rule them out, um, but they'd have to beat Arsenal, I think, eventually. Um, and that that I think will be But, I mean, that being said, Arsenal may be playing subs and may not be playing their starters depending on uh, what the situation is with with their squad. As You know, I think the World Cup, Saka, do they have uh, other—maybe—is Switzerland in the World Cup? Uh, I think
0: they are. I think so. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, Odegaard probably will get some minutes. So, they'll have some players that will not Martinelli. We'll talk about that later, but— Perhaps, but maybe Brazil will make a, make a change, but let's, I want to talk about this news that came out that Southampton has decided to move on from Ralph Hasenhutl, because we mentioned it earlier, but I have to say, I was pretty surprised by this move just because, you know, Southampton has been, you know, like I said, it's tight at the bottom you know, I, I understand sort of needing to... Well, you know what they said today, Gustavo? Here's what I say. So I was surprised because this happened abruptly, but he had a press conference after the game, and they asked him, you know, what, what can you do to get out of the slump? And he said, I don't know. You know, like what, you know, sort of Not resigned. a good answer. Yeah, well, sort of resigned, and that's what they've been pointing to, but I have to say that I don't know intimately Southampton's, you know, transfer windows and how they've been spending and you know, how how open they are to making big spending, you know, moves. But I certainly don't feel like they are a big spender. Like they're really putting a lot to, to stay ahead. They sort of feel like, you know, if I can give you a baseball equivalent, like the Tampa Bay Rays who really are like trying to focus more on analytics and getting like cheap players that have high stats that they can kind of plug in and, kind of do it by numbers like that. And so I feel for Hassan because it feels like Southampton has lost, you know, even Burnley had a a personality to it, even though they got relegated, whereas Southampton has had, you know, James Ward-Prowse, but like even him, like there's just, it just feels like kind of these bodies that are just kind of in there making the motions and whatever. Like there's no one really to fall in love with on that team. And, you know, now – I don't know. I mean, I, do we want them to go down now that they've fired their coach? Are they going to bounce back? You know, I, th- I'd i rather see the Wolves stay in than Southampton, even Forest.
0: Right. I'd rather see Forest than Southampton. But I think it's just a tricky time for managers right now in the Premier League. Everybody wants their Chinese new manager, the new toy, <laughs> the new big name. And, I mean, we can say the same thing about Potter. I mean, there was so much hype about Potter for Chelsea that we forgot that he really didn't have a history of winning major trophies or he was not a European winning coach. Anything. Right, European coach with yeah. a reputation. So I think it's really easy to hype someone up. That's why I'm not a big advocate of hyping a coach until they show that they can do something. Thomas Tuchel showed that he could take PSG to the final, something that seemed easy, but no one had done it in the past. And he did it, and then he came to Chelsea and then won during one of the most turbulent eras of Chelsea, won the European Champions League. I mean, he has proven that he's a great manager. Jose Mourinho, I don't care what you say about the guy, he won the Champions League with Porto, he won the Champions League with Inter against uh, the semifinals against the best Barcelona team. I mean... Those coaches that can prove themselves to me have the honor of being hyped. But if you haven't won anything important, you shouldn't be hyped at all. Let me, let me, if, if I can, and I, this might be
1: tricky live, but I'm looking at the table, okay, from 20th place to 11th place, okay, 20th place is 10 points. That's the lowest in the league, okay, that's occupied by Forest, and Wolves are 19, also at 10. But going all the way to 11th place is Brentford with 16 points. There are six points, which is two wins difference between the bottom of the table and 11th place. So let me really quickly, the teams that, again, two bad results and the teams on the bottom having two good results could, could be at the bottom. This is from 11th to 20th. Brentford, Leeds, Aston Villa, Leicester, West Ham... Everton, Burnamouth, Southampton, Wolves, Forest. That was from eleventh to twentieth. So the last three—Southampton, Wolves, and Forest—are currently in relegation. But West Ham, Everton—you know, even Leeds and Brentford are—you know—on f- the fringe of it. I mean, I am—I am I'm nervous. We're—we're going to get a main. This is going to be Game of Thrones. We're going to get a main
0: <laughs> character killed this season. Well, I can, like seriously. I can tell <laughs> you, I have not been around for long, but. I've been watching the, the Premier League for years now, and I've never seen it so close like it is right now. And it's so exciting. It is so, so exciting to see that, for example, Leicester City a few weeks ago, I think it was like, you know, we all thought they were going to go down, and now they're sitting at 14th place. Um, and so I think, I mean, to see Newcastle, number three, are we even going to say that, acknowledge Hold that? on, I got <laughs> I got a
1: question for you. I, ju- I just fo- got a good one, all right? Okay. I got two questions. Two questions. Well, maybe three, depending on how you answer the, the first two. So first, Antonio Conte or Eddie Howe? Who would you rather for your team? That's a good one. Your dream roster. Well, you Don't even think about the roster right now if you can.
0: I would say Antonio Conte.
1: Okay. Which roster? Newcastle's roster or Tottenham's roster?
0: Wow. I think... I would have. To, I'm sorry, Jake. I'm gonna to have to choose Newcastle because of the excitement wow. around the team, but also, also their no, roster. Well, but you take their players. The, the roster right now. Yeah, I would say. Oh no, no, sorry. I misread your question. So you meant the, the roster that they have right now, right? Yeah,
1: but you said Conte as your coach. Yes, so Conte, if you take Conte for
0: sure. Yeah. But so I,
1: if you could choose between the two coaches and the two rosters, you would take yes. Tottenham's coach, but Newcastle's roster.
0: I stay with my answer, yes, because, and I'll tell you why really quick. Because I think Newcastle doesn't have as much expectations. Jake, expectations to to me (laughs) in football is what makes these teams fail over and over. What's happening with Tottenham? I mean, there's been they've had that. I mean, look at look at Liverpool. We went before winning the. We never we had never won the Premier League in in like what is it more than twenty years? Whatever it is. And that was almost like a curse. And we went so many seasons so close to winning it. And we never did until, you know, Klopp did it in 2020 or whatever, 2019. And so what I'm trying to say is yeah, Newcastle yeah, yeah. has but, no expectations whatsoever. And I they're, know that t- they're too young got, to... Like, I mean, I think this is whatever. one of the but things they, that scares no me about Tottenham to because anything.
1: I actually, I wonder, I, I I don't know if I'd pick Antonio Conte over Eddie Howe. But this is what, I guess part of my question was like, As we talked about last week, you know, and actually, clearly people were listening to this podcast, the two Robbies, because they were talking all about what I dropped last week on the podcast. Everyone was reporting that this week. Everyone was all over that this week. I was on it last week. No big deal. They were listening. Um, you know, I wonder if the roster and the age of the roster and the experience of the roster and that the weight of the expectations is why they have been stuck for so long and why they sort of continue to be stuck in this place. Yeah, Newcastle. I mean, they're third, and you know they they don't they don't feel like they're necessarily going anywhere. Um, let's let's see who they're playing next. They're playing Crystal. Oh no, they're playing Chelsea. So that'll be a real test. But at the same time, Chelsea's been slumping. I mean, I hope they beat Chelsea because obviously, you know, Chelsea. will be amazing see to watch. Suffer. They're sitting seventh. <laughs>
0: i i would dare to say that grant potter is not gonna last past this season and i want to i'm willing to come back to this recording of this podcast and let's do it bring this piece because i i can predict the future already when it comes to grant potter and i think i think he's gone by the end of this season (laughs) I don't know. I just I I don't see him like Chelsea is a really, really tough place to be as a coach. I don't think they have a lot of patience. I mean, they fire, historically speaking, two of their coaches that won, won the Champions League got fired the season after. I mean, they have no patience. And so I would dare to say that Grant Potter will be gone. And I'm not wishing that for him. I like the guy. I think he's cool. Um, but I just don't think it's going to last. And also, I want to say before we get into the World Cup, because that's that's how we're going to end this program, I want to hear your takes on what's happening in Qatar. We're a few weeks oh, before the World Cup. You read my mind. And yes, so, you read but my I just, mind. I yeah. have to yeah. say, so I'm seeing here that Tottenham plays Nottingham Forest in the Leagues Cup, which that's going to be really fun. But the most importantly, they play Leeds United, before the World Cup, so you guys have two more games: Leeds United and Nottingham Forest. Exciting teams, but you can easily beat those teams. Um, Has to be. How are you feeling Has about those next leads. two games for Tottenham?
1: I, they, they, they. You have to win. Yeah, you have to win. Yep. you have to beat Leeds. I, I want to advance in the Carabao Cup, but you have to beat Leeds. Right. If you. I. So if you have to put in subs to, to maintain or whatever it is, and just you know try to pull something off against Forrest and you end up losing it as long as you beat Leeds I'm I'm fine with that